If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Choosing here is your parking spot for the next hour. You are indeed locked into Radio Free Brooklyn. This show is called Lost and Rewound, and I am Alon Danziger. The formula for this show is simple. We listen back to your old recordings of the past and learn a little bit about how we got from there to here. Should you ever be brave enough to revisit old video or audio clips or, hey, even read some old stories that you haven't read in forever, we want to hear the stories behind those, too. Email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org, and maybe you can be our guest as well. I mean, I personally would love that. Uh, I am but one person, though. And as always, I will be joined this hour by my faithful assembly of youngsters, Rachel Teichman and Will Hasty. And this week, we got to talk to the one and only Maddie Enlau, a.k.a. Took, who is a uh, now-retired Radio Free Brooklyn host. She will be later joined by her friend Piera Goldstein as they both join us this hour to talk a little bit about some old clips that they both appear on. Oh, goodness, I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am. It's a shit show, and all for the right reasons. Shall we begin? Yeah? All right, then. Let's go! Today, she continues to face paint when not in a pandemic and does a lot of other cool things. Maddie and I have been friends for approximately four and a half months. Maybe it's like six. I don't know. I have no sense of time left. I only remember BP and AP before pandemic and after pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Before times and the after times. That's amazing. Oh my God. Welcome to you, Maddie. Mads, it's so wonderful to have you back on the Radio Free Brooklyn Network. How much do you miss it or do you not miss it at all? Um, I mean, when I was on Radio Free Brooklyn, I had a show called What Would Save the World, and the reason I left is because I wanted to do a show called Hate Fuck Revolution. (laughs) It was not family friendly, Mm -hmm. so 
the head of the station or one of them was like, look, that's just not appropriate for us because, you know, we want to do stuff with education. And I was like, that's cool, but can I have my weird show? And he was like, you can do it as a segment, but you have to call it what would save the world. And the show Hate Fuck Revolution was when I was going to put people of two opposing political views and try to convince them to date each other whether that was serious or not. Every little bit of that sounds amazing. And I did a couple episodes, but then I just started like paying RFB to let me do it as a podcast because I could. I was like, what would save the world? That was when I was a young, sprightly SJW. Hate Fuck Revolution is when I literally like lost my mind and became like relatively apolitical and like cynical on the other side because truly people are awful. Anyway, that's off case. No, no. Well, when was that specifically? Uh, you had done the show for a uh, number of years. And then uh, at some point, there must have been some news and that you had heard of that sparked your trajectory moving forward. Um, what did that, what happened? It must have been like late 2018 or mid to that spring, spring. I was like really involved in radical anarchist stuff, which like, if, if you know what that means, it literally just means like you're a kid who's like so like fantasy based or you're like a socialist who also like hates the state, but you don't want to be a libertarian. I don't know. When you start looking at all that fringy political shit, like you literally could easily go off your rocker and I have and I, and I still do. So- I feel targeted right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're 22 all of these things you're about to hear happened when i was about 22 23 and to be honest like you may be like a anarchist who like grows plants and shit but i don't think you've like okay look i was at the march protest where people like were smashing like starbucks windows and shit like, that's I, not I, I i don't do that i don't do that I, mean, I don't know i still feel like property destruction on some level is like if you're really trying to like do something, it might be a relevant tactic, but I just can't think of a situation where I would want to do that now or think that it would work for anything. Like, right. yeah, I'd love to like destroy the North Tower until they started letting homeless people stay there. But I'm also not gonna be the person to do that because I really don't believe that would happen as a result of that. Did you take any part in like the body bag drop off or, or any no, of those? I just know like, basically like if you, if somebody mentions New York City Antifa to you, like I probably know some of those people, unless they're people who think they're an official chapter because the reality is most people who go to black block things and most people who like do anything like that, like radical activism are just in a very small, group and you know, it's a very small group of people who do this kind of shit in New York to be honest. Did you ever get sucked into or are you sucked into now or part of something like BreadTube or any of those or any of those sort of like lefty liberal What? I uh, forgot um, about that. It's not I a porn site? You mean like internet stuff? Like internet groups? No like I did stuff in oh. my life. Like I don't really like left book and I find Twitter and Chapo and all that stuff to be like vomitocious. You basically sound like a libertarian. I mean, would you, would you, but you, but you very, no, very distinctly well, said that you were not a libertarian. So is that so? You know, like, that like 20 something percent of people who call themselves libertarians don't even know what it means. It's true. Just, it's true. It's true. literally just a watered down Republican. And no, I'm not a Republican. At this point, I have almost no political views. My, I was talking about like how anarchists view themselves and what being an anarchist was for me then. And that's when I was on What Would Save the World and it was incredibly SJW. Maddie, uh, Took is a nickname that uh, you've had for how long in your life? 
okay, so I was living on this commune in Virginia, and my name was Maddie, and then I changed, where people changed their names there, and my name, I changed it to Belladonna Took, which is Bilbo Baggins' mother. And oh, so God, I'm in love with you! Oh, well, I I'm taken. I'm very much taken. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Will. And then um, I changed my name to Took when I moved back to the city because Belladonna is a porn star name. And I just couldn't handle doing that. So. Well, you fool of a Took. Yeah. I would like to see, I would like to see an origin story movie based on your life. Oh, well, that sounds I have my, like, my origin story written down, but, like, it, uh, you know, it involves just a lot of, like, hitchhiking and, like, going with people that probably weren't trustworthy, but somehow I survived. Let me, Sounds uh, like uh, a good movie. Yeah. That would be a very good movie. <laughs> uh, uh, Maddie, I'm going to uh, refer to some things that you probably mentioned ad nauseum in the past. Um, you grew up in Brooklyn. Yes. You grew up in Carroll Gardens. How do you know that? You told me. Oh. <laughs> but, all very stoned, but yes. And what about your parents? Were they originally from Brooklyn as well? My mother is from Jersey. She is Jersey Jew. Her family is from the Bronx. My father is a um, FBI kid, so they moved around a lot. But oh, their okay. their family is like from Kentucky. My family in Kentucky and my family in Georgia call people who work for the FBI. We have one in our family, Feddies. What? I, uh, I know. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Your family's from Kentucky. We're probably related. Let's be real. I love that stuff. People had so many kids back then, so many people married and shit like that. If there's any, if you ever see the last name LaRue, or the Just last book, no bullshit. When I went down there for a fit, when I literally went down there for a family reunion, we went around to like different restaurants and we went to this golf course. The very first, the very first place we visited was this golf course. We walk into this golf course. I go into like the pro shop because I don't give a fuck about golf. And and this girl goes, oh, oh, who are you a guest of one of the members? Who are you here with? And I gave my my cousin's name. And he goes, oh, he's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and like that happened like all, sure, all the every time. establishment I walked into. I'm telling you, it makes me look very uncomfortable. Like, this is the part of me that's still very political. Like, I'm not active anymore, but, like, you look into some of this, like, ancestry stuff and people who are in the government, they really are, like, small, very interloping pioneer white people who just, like, took over the country and got into all True. the Hi! <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that half of my family. And I really, like, I mean, I mean, some of them are nice, but, like, I don't, you know, I don't really, like, I'm very not proud of that ancestry. Like, my grandfather is literally, like, in books about, like, socialist groups and, like, Black Panther groups getting taken down. What? Was, like, wait, 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 like, doing the taking down or being taken down? Um, He wasn't, like, the directly taking down but he was the one who like kind of had some say he was like the boss of these guys who did it and he's like his name is in this book that i found on the commune they have like a library and it was about fbi black panther and i looked in the glossary or the index or whatever found his name and found like something he told them to do that wasn't really like that relevant but he was involved you know he knew about it did you ever meet him I was too young to, like, know that when he was, like, on his pole, like, when he was, you know, starting to get sick and die, like, when he was, like, you know, a little high, I wish I'd asked him more questions. Maybe he would have told me some weird shit. Would you say that your parents are more uh, uh, to the right of you politically? Oh, my God, no. I mean, yes, but not really. My, my mother, a, like, likes Bernie and stuff, and my dad, like, hates him. He voted for Hillary 
in the primaries between Bernie and Hillary because he didn't like Bernie's gun stuff because he, you know, but whatever, that's besides the point. They're pretty liberal. I would say they're basic liberals. Like, I wouldn't call myself a liberal. They self-identify. They don't understand our new internet lingo around politics. Like, most people don't. So that, that's sort of why I've sort of had to drop out, too. Because most people don't even really know what we're talking about. You're like, socialist, communist. They just hear communists. Like, they don't really know what we're talking about. Like, people, a lot of people. Can you think of a time that where you first had the seed planted in your head about joining a commune, either from someone that you knew in your family or a friend? Some fucking like adult told me about it. And then I started saying that I wasn't going to college and I was moving to a commune. Remember I had a boyfriend when I was like 14 for a very short time and he hated it. He hated when I said I wasn't going to, co- going to go to college because both his parents were like lawyers or something. And I was like, look, I'm probably not going to do it. I probably am now. I'm going to go back to school. But it's got planted in my head that that's where people went and were nice to each other. I don't know. Would you recommend that I join a commune? Uh, I would not. <laughs> okay. I mean, there you go, Rachel. I would recommend, Rachel, that you join, that you go visit for a little while. Just be aware of what, like, you really want. I don't know. When I was at the commune, I was a lot more out of whack and out of sorts. So, I don't know. I feel like you would be fine. You would fit in really well. You would fit in. You so- think so? I don't know. I, I, I like to be on my own. I like to do my That's own the, thing. At, at the commune, there's, there's a couple communes in the area where I lived, and you would fit in on the larger one, like, embarrassingly well, but better than me. I'm a little too... kind of scary. I'm a little too city. That was the thing. I was a little, like, a lot for people there, because they're, 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 you know, for the most part, they're, like, people either from the suburbs or rural, rural areas. Hmm. I... I mean, Rachel, you, you, uh, Maddie, I would say, holy shit, Rachel, when I first met you, I thought you were somebody who would be, who would probably spend a little bit of time on a commune just because so many of my friends from college now live on communes, but, um, and you absolutely, like, yeah, but, uh, like, in terms of fitting that mold, but, but, um, Maddie, in terms of you, talk about your time in the commune, like, how did that period of your life affect you, and what were, what were the real takeaways? It was a Virginia, right? yeah. When, you know, when I was, like, 19, I had, like, hitchhiked around the country with Occupy, and that was, like, really crazy. So the commune was sort of, I feel like I thought that I was going to go be in this really hippy-dippy place, but in reality, I mean, it is hippy-dippy. It's, like, woo-woo, and there's, like, a lot, but for the most part, I would say people are, like, pretty focused. Well, I would say, like, real hippies and, like, shit like that, like, really aren't that focused, and they're kind of messy. Like, people there really, like, want to garden and really want to, like, take care of the livestock people are interested in stuff i would say as opposed to you know fucking hippies who meet on the street just kind of i don't know there's like grateful dead hippies who like don't do shit and they just do mad drugs and do like nitrous out of a balloon and then there's like commune hippies who are kind of like structured hippies who have like started businesses like they run these cottage industries to make money and then that gets pulled by the group well it's kind of like the amish in in pennsylvania a large section of them not all of them but like a large section of the lancaster area is amish people who have turned it into a business yeah but we got you know computers and polyamory and all that shit you know considering how young you were were there uh others who were around your age or were you typically the baby of the bunch um, the first commune I visited, I visited a couple down there. I would say the, the average age was probably 
mid to late 20s while I was only 20. The second commune I visited, there were more people around my age that were like 20. The second commune I visited, who's like friends with the bigger commune, is um, is smaller. Now, I would say it's probably more people in their mid-20s and, like, 30s because some people stayed and, like, had babies, you know, like, stuff like that. But when I was there, there was, like, a group of people who were in their 30s and 40s, and then there was, like, a younger group that were, like, you know, in their early 20s. And there actually was much of a social divide for a while, but then a lot of those people left and more young people came. And then there were still a couple older people, but they were few and far between. Yeah, I was going to say, because I imagine that when you were thrust into this brand new way of life, um, regardless of, you know, your life experiences making you a hard-nosed New Yorker, um, you know, and you saying you're being a bit much, but also you must be standing out in general, too, because of your age. That and also I was like honestly like kind of an ex-bum you know when I was doing Occupy like I was not clean and like taking like activist buses places I was like literally hitchhiking with people who like believed they were talking to Jesus and like very very dirty so and I think like that is not an experience a lot of people have so when you're just coming out of an experience like that people really don't understand what the fuck you're talking about first commune I went to I didn't get in and I didn't work out I mean I'm still friends with a lot of the people there because later on when I moved to the other one I became friends with people whatever but really I was just like reckless and got involved with like a couple people there and they were like both some girls ex-boyfriends and like it was just a bad situation and I people were like really excited about Occupy and I was like that shit was stupid and they were like kind of like offended by me like I just think like you were actually someone who'd been through it and they still give you in Virginia and also I wasn't that great during Occupy I was like a fucking crusty kid I was like sleeping with kids named Pigpen like like I don't know I was probably just angsty like I don't know I was I was fucking like 20. You were doing your thing. Yeah, you were. were... I don't blame them. I wouldn't have wanted me to live there. I would have been like, who the fuck is this? Like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? (laughs) I I have to point out that I think it's brilliant knowing that you had the foresight to create a show uh, in, you know, after having had these experiences, you were going to make a show and go on Radio Free Brooklyn and it's called What Would Save the World? That's BP. AP. What would save the world? Oh my god, like, if this disease kills every stupid person. (laughs) (laughs) My wife said the same thing. Maddie as Thanos. My move for this universe is to end stupid people. I mean, I don't really want to kill all the stupid people. I think that they're hilarious. Like, I think part of the reason (laughs) I traveled so much is because, and like, did the protest thing like okay my boyfriend like doesn't get it right he's like why would you hang out with all those wild people because like he's from parts of new york you guys would never go you just would never go there but then when i showed him like a video of one of the protests at occupy one of the big days and how many wild ass people there were and how entertaining they were he was like oh i kind of get how you could get sucked into that so I'm just saying, like, I think that I wouldn't want all the stupid people to die because they say hilarious things at protests. But, like, at the same time, what would save the world now? I mean, a vaccine would save the world. Damn right. A decent, reasonable president. I think that the greatest idea thing would be is if Joe Biden won, like, died, and then his vice president is, like, somebody cool. Let's focus our energies on things that are involved with politics, but let's uh, shift gears to a clip 
this is oh uh, something that you made. Uh, th th all the clips that we're going to be hearing today are actually made around the same time during the time that you were living on the commune. And well, no, I moved out of the commune in Virginia to a house in Staten Island where me and this girl and like a bunch of other people tried to start an urban commune in Staten Island and like really didn't do a good job. Well, let's, let's take a listen. Let's take a listen to uh, the first clip of which it has a video, and it's a parody of the Lord's song "Royals." Do you want to set this up a little bit? Um. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't want Hillary to win back then. I still had like so much idealism. Oh my god, I really didn't want Hillary to win because I saw her as like um you know political dynasty. Like I was really just didn't like her. Although I wish she was the president now. Um, Me too. But I really wanted Birdie to win. I saw him as like the hope for the universe a little bit. And now I don't care that much. But yeah, this is me telling people not to vote for Hillary. This is Secretary of State and Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton. And I endorse this message. And we need a woman in the White House. I never spoke the facts on GMO. Cause I take my funds from Monsanto I'm greedy And most has been to my address I have the most experience in government But I got outshone By Bernie Sanders Now everybody's like You're a two-faced pantsuit-wearing liar Corporate sellout Flip-flop ladder climber I don't care I'm a moderate Time Warner will fund my dreams And like he always did, Bernie Sanders Cares about modern slavery In the private prison system I say I care All lives matter Vote for Bernie if you dare But I'll still be Rodham I don't do democracy I take money so that we Can have an oligarchy Let me be your ruler well, I'm a progressive. And won't expose. My clear hypocrisy. Corporate donations do not influence my policies. My friends and I are bought and sold. Take corporate dollars without shame. My party. And now all the progressives know. I'm a moderate, I am a moderate, I'm really corporate, now everybody's like, you voted for the war on Iraq, for TPP and against gay marriage, you don't care, I care about the environment, that we hate your pipeline dream, but consistently Bernie Sanders wants to tax the millionaires, and billionaires, free education, do it like Sweden, you don't care, I have always been consistent, you're practicing your phony stare, and we don't need no Rodham, Rodham. It don't run in her blood. I've been in the White House. Dynasties just ain't for us. And Steinem's now a dud. I can think for myself. getting much poorer. poorer. I can be a feminist and not vote we for Clinton. We need Mr. B. Because he will give. I'm feeling the burn. I'm feeling the burn. A social democracy. That is a solid late night ready like with just with like a with like you know slightly sexier editing that could be like you know that's a late night segment you know what i mean like that's a good that was a very good mockery oh i appreciate that thank you yeah i thought that was very 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 good
Thank um, you. That's when Victor started talking to me. He ran to me on the train. <laughs> I saw your <laughs> Sorry, Victor's like a friend who does yeah. a lot of yeah, like New York City talent. The guy who organizes shows that both Rachel is taking part in and Maddie is taking part He's in. He's the NYC talent show Brains. This was fun. You were uh, having a lot of fun with wigs. You were having a lot of fun with having uh, the chance to speak your truth of, of how you feel as somebody who uh, wants a more of a basic progressive agenda to make it into the White House. And then this one shows up. I, I For the record, I don't want to like say I have anyone care one way or the other four years later. But we know you don't. (laughs) I voted for Bernie in the primaries. And when he didn't win, I was like, well, whatever, fuck it. You know, what are we going to (laughs) do? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same as what you guys were saying before. Like, I didn't want Hillary Clinton, but like, obviously I would take her over. Yeah, I'm same boat. I voted voted for Hillary in the primary only because as much as I love Bernie, and I gave a shitload of money to Bernie, I didn't see a feasible way for him to win. Wait, so you gave a shitload of money to Bernie, but you didn't vote for him in the primary? That's some bullshit. Well, what the hell, man? This is just me being an overprivileged little shit. I get, look, I supported the shit out of the Democratic causes as my family does. I like like Hillary. I can't, I I canvassed for Hillary, and I did a week of of outreach, quote-unquote, for Bernie, where Man. you literally just pass out flyers. Glad that you were cheating on the candidate. But- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I will happily, I will happily be a polyamorous candidate for my own side. Hey, there you so, go. Well, I mean, I just want to say real quick, just like about that, like it's it's all good and whatever, I guess, to vote for Hillary in the primaries. But I remember if you looked at the statistics at the time of the people. Basically, there are some people who went so Bernie, they went back around and went Marshall. So I do believe that Bernie yeah. would have won, and I really like do feel like the secret blame is like the people who voted for Clinton in the primaries. And that's not against you. That's just something I feel like deep in my gut that like people who were like, no, I'm going to vote for Hillary, like just like ruined everything. And that's like when I hate like watered down liberals. Well, I am sorry then. But you love. I am a very lefty liberal myself. You, you, not you... if you vote for Clinton. Wait. <laughs> So, I'm like, I reach up there, a little 22-year-old, like, I'm still radical. Okay. <laughs> so ar- uh, around this time, around this time, you were creating more videos. I suspect that uh, more of uh, context will be provided with uh, a surprise guest that you are bringing uh, to us in the second half of the Wait show. a minute, we have a surprise guest today? I didn't know. We have a surprise guest? Talk to, talk to us, Maddie. Tell, uh, Pierre, Pierre, are you there? I can't oh. Piera is muted. She'll- Hi, Piera. <laughs> hey, what's up? Piera! So me and Piera were in our weird Staten Island house commune, and we uh, made this video that I think is the next video. Yeah, we're actually, we have a quick word from RFB we have to play, uh, but when we do come back, Piera, are you excited to get embarrassed with us? Always. Yes! <laughs> Awesome. So excited for this. This is, I think, one of the first times in a very long time that we've had someone show up in the middle of our recording. Uh, this is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Back at you with Took slash Maddie Adlo coming up very soon. COVID-19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now, and Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our hosts, staff, and the community at large. 
We've closed both our studios and canceled live events, but our hosts are still doing their best to continue bringing new original programming by broadcasting live and pre-recording from their home studios or by selecting the best rebroadcasts of their past shows. With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, but if you can afford a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. You could also use your phone to text RFBGIBE5, that's the number 5, to 44321. It only takes a moment, and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB, and it will cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather this storm together. Hey, comrades. Welcome back to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Today, our special comrades are Pierre Goldstein and Maddie Enlow. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Welcome, 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 Pierre. <laughs> We've been chatting this hour about uh, Tooks uh, uh, slash Maddie. Maddie, I'm going to call you Maddie. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Radio Free Brooklyn. Care. I know you don't care. I care, though. I want to be good. Maddie, um, we've been chatting this, uh, this hour about your time, um, you know, at this commune and the work of which we'll be uh, seeing in a little bit that came out of that time. Uh, Piera, your experience with being on a commune, uh, this same commune, uh, where were you in your life when you met Maddie? Um, we met a few years before that. I was, um, yeah, I was going to art school at the time, just uh, coming of age. <laughs> I don't know, we were like 23 or something, 22, and yeah, just figuring out how to exist in the world, I guess. I don't know. We've grown so much since knowing each other. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if you know, but uh, but uh, Maddie said, quote, we were trying to put this commune together and we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys talk about, like, where did this, what, what was the context of this, right as we lead into this clip that apparently was made during this time in said commune, what was this? Is there anything you want to tell us about like this time or what led to this idea? What do you think? Like, what's your first thoughts when you think about our fucked up house in Staten Island? Uh, it was a lot. <laughs> but we had some really good times, you know? So it was like, I look back and there's a lot of painful memories from around that time, but there's just a lot of lulls too. I think about just doing a bunch of silly stuff especially like making that video and just doing other silly projects and I don't know those memories make me smile. <laughs> do, you, do you think that this time and where you were uh, living in this uh, at this time of your life that creating was an outlet it was something to make everything feel a little more sane? 
I think in the way of like sometimes you gotta get more insane to get more sane, then yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, but like in a beautiful way. Yeah. <laughs> it was so crazy all the time because first of all, we had like a lot of stuff we were trying to do like in the city, but we were living in Staten Island. And like this is us like trying to fucking like run to the ferries, just making fun of how much that was. And I had like a lot of like <laughs> emotional anxiety issues back then, like even that I still do, but even more like trying to get to the ferry and not be late for stuff. So that's kind of like what we're making. like every day. <laughs> Oh my god, we would just run, we would just run, and I had this, like, we're not gonna name him, but I had this, like, ridiculous older boyfriend who, like, uh, was like, yeah, he's cool. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 okay, you can't just pause there. Pierre specifically was like, yeah, in reference to, I had this crazy-ass older boyfriend. Listen, we've all had crazy older boyfriends, and that's just how it goes. When I think about it now, and Piera, you can tell me if I sound off base, but, like, I feel like when I was younger, like, I thought, like, dating an older guy, like, he was gonna be so much, like, mature and shit. They don't have assumption. What? But I feel like... totally. I feel like now I'm not even, like, close to his age, and I feel more mature than he was at that time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you feel about all that, Pierre, but, like, I just feel like we were in some weird shit. It was, yeah, it was really weird, just on a lot of levels. I don't know. I just, I'm glad, because it seems like both everyone's, like, in a better place in a lot of ways, but I guess everyone kind of grows up in different ways at different that, rates. That's, so. a, perfect, that's a, a perfect point you made, Pierre. Uh, you know, the fact that the majority of clips that tend to make its way onto the show are of the older variety. However, uh, there's enough validity with embarrassment that uh, it could have been something that was relatively close in time, but feeling so far removed from who you are now that uh, it has certainly enough reason to stand uh, amongst those of the older. Let's play Staten Island fairy tales and uh, (laughs) see what thoughts we have. Oh shit, it's 357. Oh shit, oh shit. No! You're not gonna make it! You're gonna miss the ferry! You're too late already! No, we're gonna make it! We're gonna make it! There's nothing you can do about it, lady! Dude, come on! You can do it! Come on, dude, we gotta go! Dude, come on, it's alright, we're gonna make it! Excuse me, ladies! Think you can help me out? I got the things I need. I, uh, I need to get myself a new iPod. I need to get some new MP3s. I need to get myself some Dr. Dre's headphones. We all have needs, don't you know? Help me out! Uh, alright, dude, um... Uh. Uh. I have faith in you. I believe in you and liberty. Yeah, come on, seriously. I'm coming to you. I'll be there. Going as fast as I can. For the ferry. Oh my. Oh. Uh. 
I'm so tired. We gotta keep going, dude. A pumpkin? It's not even fucking Halloween. This is bullshit. Fucking pumpkins. I love pumpkins. I really hate them. of the major geographic locations that identify the Staten Island side of the Staten Island Ferry Landing. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were trying to make it look like we were in Staten Island. I've never seen that far in. I've taken the ferry. I've never been there. That's literally, guys, it's like they're literally, they walk from the bus terminal up like four blocks. That's literally like they're right in the oh, right no, fucking there. No, I know. It sounds reasonable. I, I feel like I'm getting a, a first-hand look uh, because I've never really seen it on such a steady cam before i do feel like my favorite part of that whole video is you can't see it because it's like you know audio is piera trips over a pumpkin yes it's not even halloween it's not even halloween here goes yeah. i always love pumpkins but now i hate them <laughs> uh, my favorite show was that long take on your face when you're like travel safe fair amazing <laughs> Oh god, I don't know what the fuck that character was. That was like, I don't know who we were making fun of. In that video, you were living the life of Emily Elizabeth from Clifford. They lived on an island and would always have to like take the ferry to go anywhere. And I feel like that could be like an episode of Clifford the, the Big Red Dog where like they keep running into obstacles on their way to try to get to the ferry to go to school or something. 
I like how when like people were talking, it'll just like cut off immediately. I got some real like hilarious like uh, sketch comedy vibes from the both of you that like you were both very well inspired by a lot of the stuff that you would see on TV. Is that correct? Maybe. I feel like we were just getting high in our yard and just talking about shit we thought. Moving around. That's where the majority of our ideas came from. (laughs) I mean, guys, I don't know. You hit eight characters. You hit eight distinct characters over the course of this video. The only part part of that that actually turned me off, because I loved every part of that, was when Piera somehow lost you, Maddie, because <laughs> you were playing the other person, and you have that long shot of you walking away, and then all of a sudden you're in front of her, and you're like, oh, come on, can't you? Um, no, that was perfect. I like, that's amazing. I thought that was good. I liked that part. That was filmed uh, November of 2015. My God. Nice. <laughs> it just uh, feels like too long ago. <laughs> right? It does. Um, that does feel like a long time ago. Five years, guys. You got amazing outfits too. Um, I loved like the attention to the makeup department as well. So, like, You're not gonna make it. Oh, I just my- so <laughs> <laughs> These are people like talking to us as we're running to the ferry. You know, like an old guy stops us for money. He's like a bum. A some lady. Dr. Dre's headphones. <laughs> 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 And then, like, some weird wizard dude, because, like, I don't know, I feel like back in the day, me and probably Piera, too, dated a lot of, like, punk dudes who kind of, like, thought they were wizards. <laughs> like, nice. either yeah, just talk to them like, on, like, the subway slash ferry. Yeah. Like, so past the time. There's a fairy dog. You mentioned oh, yeah. a fairy dog. Yeah, what was that? Well, there's oh, the, the bomb dog. When you get on the ferry, there are, like, cops with dogs that, like, smell your bag to make sure you don't have explosives. Okay. Oh, no. I thought it was... They're also good boys, besides being cop dogs, and you But, like, are they also looking for drugs, though? No. They're the only only type of sniffer dogs that you can pet. No. I didn't know that. But we used to get on the ferry very high and look nervous, and I think one of the cops was like, just for bombs, like, don't worry. I'm not saying you should be friends with cops, but if you live in Staten Island and you're taking the ferry, it will help you to be nice to the cop. We were friends with that one guy, kind of. You know who I'm talking about, Pira? I forget it. On the Manhattan side, and he, like, knew who we were because we were always showing up in, like, weird costumes and stuff. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember. I don't know. I don't, I'm not advocating for being friends with cops, but he definitely, like, didn't fuck with us at all because he thought we were funny or something. We have a clip here called The Nice Truck Drivers, an improv set featuring the two of you at Under St. Mark's in 2015. This is a Tuesday open mic. And we are nice truck drivers. That's it. That's the whole set. Well, let's take a listen to uh, a portion of it. Uh, I I suspect uh, we'll have a lot of questions after this. Okay. (laughs) So, So, my name's Boogie Bob and this is Tim. Tim, Tim. And we are the nice truck drivers. So we like to heckle nice things at people, you know? Like, uh, give them one. You know, like, like, hey, I really like your whole approach to life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you! You got a radiant personality. You're Mike Wilma from Charlotte's Web. Seriously, bro, seriously, you like inspire me to like want to try yoga or something. 
and I'm like, I'm just like, God, you just like inspire me. It's just like, you just make me want to smile like forever. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's like this smile that just radiates from within and outward. And it's just like, it doesn't stop, you know? Because it's just, it's real, you know? You got, you got that real, the real joy with you. So yeah, I mean, anyway, you got that real joy. <laughs> By the foot, the joy just goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. You know, it's like Pringles. Like, once you pop, the fun don't stop. It just keeps going on. Seriously. Exactly like Pringles. That was phenomenal, guys. That was at an open mic, well-received, and you had performed there before, so you got a good uh, understanding of the room? Yeah. We went there, like, every week or so, felt like. Was that home? Was that like was that like your triple crown? Yeah, we hung out there a lot, just around that area in the park, doing like face paint, weird art stuff. Back when grassroots bar was open. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Nice truck drivers. Um, I suspect uh, that there was certainly a lot of fun you had, uh, basically uh, upping the game. This is a longer clip. We played a, a section of it, so you just continue to play the game and, you know, continue getting even more loony up with it as you continued on. Okay. One that parodies of Robert Frost Bones the poem, I'm like, stop and buy you! Wait, you did a Robert Frost poem take? Yeah, I was like, stop what? and buy you in this truck. Whose house this is, I think I know. No, whose block this is, I think I know his house is over there, so. <laughs> That's awesome. That is two, awesome. Two roads diverge in a forest. That's, that's <laughs> the only line I know. <laughs> Piera, um, what was your experience with uh, performing in theater before meeting Maddie? Uh, had you had a lot of experience performing a lot? No, I've always been more into, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, like, making props and costumes and yeah and the doing big... more of crafty things but i don't know i've always been into like all kinds of artsy stuff playing music and just writing poems more like yeah performing poetry and music stuff more than anything what did you go to art school for all different stuff i like i did a bunch of animation there a bunch of like sculpting painting Piera makes really cool art and y'all should check it out. And I just want to say like when I think of you and art, you're one of the only artists I know who is like older than seven who uses tempera paint. Aww. <laughs> I know that's like a thing that I like remember about you. The first time you came to my mother's house to paint with me, you like brought tempera and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so bright. This final clip called Gluten-Free Kale performed, uh, I do believe, by the both of you as well? I'm mad scared. Are you? Yeah, I don't even know what we do in this. I watched five seconds of it and had to turn it off. Is this the I'm audience? excited. All right, here we go. It's gonna be silly. Silliness. So, uh, this is my guitarist, Recycling. <laughs> and, uh, and my name is Gender Fluid Quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> We are gluten-free kale. We are allowed to rock the socks off of everyone here, even if you're not wearing socks. Yeah, your socks better be made of hemp if you're wearing them. Um, so, you know, we're very much into, you know, we're very eco-friendly and very, like, we're very into social issues. See, I have this, like, reverse bindi to avoid cultural appropriation. And, uh, she actually, like, ate compost. Wow. <laughs> 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 she got a cleanse. 
cleanse. I'm like, what do you do when you want to cleanse? Like, it contains a lot of microorganisms, probiotics, you know. It's yeah. like the Earth's yogurt, basically. <laughs> 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 All right, so, um, so, we're, so we're actually improv bands. We like everything to be fluid, like the universe. You want to play it someone? <laughs> yeah, we do. We actually have a list of topics. It'll be fluid. So we're going to give you some options. You want to read them, recycling? You can, you can, you can use the topic as well. Uh, so our topics are going into the woods solves anything. <laughs> organic tampons. Libertarianism. <laughs> compost toilets. Uh, burning Man. And eco-capitalism. Also, a bonus one today, happy, happy trails. So, can somebody, get, somebody tell us what you like? Libertarian trails. Libertarian trails? It's like Dragon Tales with Libertarian tales. Let's go. Okay, okay. Let's see what Libertarian is. Go, go. I used to be a non-violent hippie. But then I noticed that all the libertarians I know are white men. <laughs> and I thought, and I thought, I just might give up nonviolence. <laughs> Your property ideas make no fucking sense. This land is our land, not your land. This land's not your land. This land's not my land. It is the people's. It is the people's. Or the plants themselves. It's just like, what if the grass just like owned everything in a way if you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's really no such thing as ownership anyway. Wish we got more. I wish we were able to watch more of it. Sorry, I had cut off. Reunion tour. <laughs> Seriously though, I mean, like you guys, you guys definitely have chemistry on stage, and like you seem so comfortable together, and that's really like that. That was a really, really fun set. But Maddie, respond to this because like halfway through there, it was right when you were center stage and you walked out front. And you guys were and you started doing your thing. I think. And tell me if I'm wrong. I saw a little misty-eyed for a second, and then and then a suck and be like, "Oh, I miss it." Did well, I read that completely wrong? Here I got up teary-eyed. Like, Not necessarily teary-eyed, but like, oh. I was kind I of being irritated. <laughs> um, I was kind of just like, "Damn, the idealism I had at that time. I wish I could jump off a bridge." Oh. <laughs> Oh, I guess when you realize after you've been out, of, you know, out of it for so long, you realize that your idealism forms into I mean, something else. Like, how hack can you get? Uh, you literally just started doing a parody of "This Land Is Your Land" and you're talking about property. Like that's the most. Hack I love it. I still agree with everything we said, man. Yeah, Maddie. I, Maddie, <laughs> I totally feel you on that sense of like, oh my god, it was so simple, it was so basic, and it was so idealistic. But like, that's the shit. It's good one and two. That's what made you you, right? It's part of growing up. Then, but this is now, I live in the now, B-I-T-C-H. <laughs>
So do you know your audience like now as you did back then? I don't think I ever knew my audience and I don't think I'm ever going to know my audience. <laughs> like I think back then I thought more people like understood where I was coming from but most people hadn't like visited a commune and shit so they didn't really like know what I was talking about and I think I didn't get that and I had a really hard time dealing with people who didn't speak that language kind of which in a way is really like not inclusive. I don't know. I feel like now I feel like it's like kind of settled in that like I didn't make normal decisions and a lot of the people that I know who also didn't make normal decisions maybe aren't doing that great. Do you know what I'm saying? And like maybe and it's kind of like I'm a, I feel like I'm in a really like like a reckoning sort of like with the past. I don't know. I'm gonna go back to school or something because I'm tired of being like so alternative and just running from the regular world without knowing much about the regular world. So I feel like I just need to like learn about that shit so then I can pick and choose. Piera, somebody could take a look at your artwork at breadword underscore sliverhands on Instagram. Maddie, where do people go for social media stalking of you? So you can go to Madeline Enlow Artistry on Instagram. Um, you can also find me in my personal Instagram, Tuki Kabuki, and I have a blog where I review porn called From the Apocalypse, but like lips, like kissy lips. Madeline Enlow and Piera Goldstein joining us today on Lost and Found. Thank you guys so very much for showing us a little bit of the embarrassing things from <laughs> the past. Damn, what a crazy time had by all, right? Thanks again to Maddie and Piera, and to Rachel and Will, as always. As this hour comes to a close, perhaps you are hungry. Oh, I know I am. Or maybe you have already stocked up on essential items at Whole Foods or somewhere far less expensive. If not, though, and you are effectively a neighbor of Radio Free Brooklyn, then that means you live in Bushwick or are close to it, and within, at the very least, close proximity to our new neighbor, Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, of which has just opened at 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks from the Morgan L. Stop. They've got great dishes. Noodles, rice dishes, small plates, salads. And if you want a hamburger or a BLT, they have got that too, okay? They're open every day. And you can order online from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. Check them out at dashibrooklyn.com for hours and more information. That's D. A-S-H-I, brooklyn.com, or you can simply stop by Dashi in person and welcome them to the hood. Tell them RFB sent you. Lastly for this hour, if you missed an episode or even want to hear episodes from as early as 2016, check out the archives on our main site. That's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. The megaphone player below our information contains all of our RFB content that can be heard with a mere click of the button. We are also up on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, if you visit our SoundCloud, that's uh, soundcloud.com slash lostandrewound, you will notice from the Playlists tab that uh, everything is now organized. We have seasons, and we also have non-seasons, you'll see. And that is because Radio Free Brooklyn used to have seasons, but uh, they abandoned them after season five. So 
I finally was like, yo, I need to get all of this situated and organized in like clean playlists. Very much a long time coming. And uh, you could say quarantining definitely got me more organized. <laughs> uh, it's been getting me a lot more organized these days. Anyway, I'm going to shut up until next week. Hopefully you stay organized as well as healthy, safe, sane, uh, all of the above, really. This has been episode 213 of Lost and Rewound. We will be back again next week from 3 to 4 p.m. only here on Radio Free Brooklyn for a brand new episode. I'm Alon. Be righteous to one another, okay? Peace.